0: Sometimes we need a diversion from the collapse of civilization that is unfolding around us. While our leaders battle among themselves to lay the blame for our current crisis on one another, and while real attempts to address the problem are either torpedoed in the name of partisan politics or at least the situation is taken advantage of for partisan gain, there is still a battle being fought for the heart and soul of Catholicism. The modernists have not let up their relentless assault, taking to the media to wage their battle since all other fronts are closed due to being considered by our rulers as not being essential. And while our rulers let the mask slip, when most places deemed the public worship of God to be not essential to the health of society, the one benefit to our situation is that the modernists have to wage their war where everyone can see what they're doing. Today I have a story for you from a secular news outlet decrying the rise of traditionalism in the Catholic Church, decrying the return to order and the resistance to the program of Pope Francis to, in the, other, in the words of the author of the piece today, to modernize the Church. In this business, the word modern has very negative connotations, and I doubt the author realizes that in using that word, he was being more honest than he intended. At any rate, let's get into this today, because for once, it has nothing to do with the current crisis that pretty much everyone is talking about exclusively. We go to the Express, which is run out of the United Kingdom. Headline, Pope Francis Shock, How Catholic Church Will Fall If Benedict Is Not Halted it's written by someone calling themselves Clive Hammond. That deck is pretty sweet, too. Quote, Pope Francis must be careful and stop Pope Benedict's traditionalist moves if he wants to protect the future of the Catholic Church, an expert has grimly warned. End quote. Okay, so these days, whenever I see someone called an expert, I immediately get suspicious, especially when it's a secularist looking into the Church and bringing the analysis of a secularist or a modernist to bear on a Church issue. That expert is Linda Telford, who is an author with an axe to grind regarding the treatment of women in the church throughout history. Now, Hammond and Telford have this to say in the article, where they discuss how Francis has consistently rejected calls to change the church and bring it into the progressivist utopian vision for the Catholic faith. This has perplexed progressives and, might I add, been viewed with reasonable amounts of suspicion every time it appears to happen by people in the traditionalist sphere. Anyway, Hammond goes on to say the following, According to author Linda Telford, writer of Women of the Vatican, Female Power in a Male World, Benedict is the main reason behind this reluctance for change. She fears that as a result, the Catholic Church may not be able to modernize quickly enough to keep its worshippers engaged. Many have argued that while he is still alive, Pope Benedict is able to exert an unusual amount of authority over those in the higher echelons of the Church which has led to Pope Francis being unable to fulfill his modernization mandate, and this is a major concern for Miss Telford. She told express.co.uk, Pope Benedict, who has also had his own issues as he has been in the role, is very much a traditionalist who basically took the Church back beyond the level of Paul VI. Instead of allowing the changes that John Paul I desperately wanted to bring, Pope Benedict took the Church back, I fear, and now Pope Francis is desperately trying to get it back. You simply have to. Everything has to progress. And even now, Catholics in Italy and other Catholic countries are left with the dilemma of do we exactly what do what the church tells us, or do we calmly ignore the bits we just don't like, such as contraception. A lot of Catholics don't like contraception, but they have no alternative. Nobody can afford to have 12 kids these days. They have a dilemma to live with which will eventually, in a new generation, lead people to leave the church unless these matters are dealt with, and some easing of these matters are done, I think. End quote. First, you know, I thought she meant John Paul the, S- the first, or John Paul II, not John Paul I, the, but it turns out she does, and I'll get into that in a minute. The latter of whom, though, John Paul I, often gets dubbed the September Pope, because he died after serving barely a month in the papacy, under mysterious circumstances, might I add. Secondly, Telford citing the willingness of the faithful to be, well, unfaithful to the moral mandates of the Church, to essentially sin and sin gladly, thinking the Church is wrong on morality, is astonishing and frankly Protestant in its thinking. I'm not surprised, per se, that someone who seems concerned with the historic treatment of women by the Church, and has been linked to the women's ordination movement, would take this step. I'm always astonished that anyone who calls themselves Catholic would remain in the Church after decades upon decades of the Church coming out against contraception, if not centuries, if you really look at the issue in depth. Now the thing is this, this article is just a continuation of a strange hit piece written by Hammond from a week prior. On March 31st, a mere three days after the Ube at Orbi address that left many of us with a spark of hope, Hammond wrote this bombshell. Headline, Pope Benedict plotting downfall of Pope Francis and bombshell Vatican coup. And again, the deck that goes with it is just fascinating. Quote, Pope Benedict is plotting the downfall of Pope Francis. A panicked expert has warned after admitting Francis has been unable to push through vital changes to Catholicism in the hope of modernizing the church End quote Okay, look, so Benedict is not plotting the downfall of Pope Francis. It's not happening. Some people watching may want that to be the case, but I assure you there is no such plotting happening right now. The idea that Benedict, who by all accounts now can barely walk with any real speed, is plotting a palace coup against the sitting pontiff, yeah, I I really, really doubt that. But let's look briefly at this piece. Again, we get a setup about how Telford views Francis as trying to finish the work of John Paul II and promoting contraception in the church. Again, I thought she meant John Paul II, Uh, though I don't ever recall any pope being okay with the pill, but, you know, okay. Then Hammond states that Benedict is planning a palace coup. Then we get this, quote, She explained that John Paul I had been determined to instigate change, especially on the topic of contraception, after he saw firsthand the issues surrounding sex and poverty. John Paul I's brother, Miss Telford said, had numerous children, but he and the infant's mother struggled to feed them. Such was the condition of their life. Had contraception been allowed, John Paul I's brother may not have lived through such abject poverty, she claimed. But when asked whether Francis would be able to bring about those liberal alterations to secure his legacy as head of the Vatican, Miss Telford said, told Express.co.uk she felt that as long as Benedict was alive and in the church, no such moves would ever be made. She said, I'm afraid that Pope Benedict is rather an opponent of any change. He's a very strong traditionalist, and in the Vatican, there are far too many of them. <laughs> Sorry, these backward-looking traditionalists who don't want any kind of change. I think, of course, it is all leading to the fact that if you, f- if you free women of contraception, with marriage to a priest even, you're leading inevitably to the female priesthood, or at least a part-female priesthood which is a terrifying thought for most people who are in the higher echelons of the church right now, she added. At a time when I think the church needs to change, it is losing the faithful in many countries now. It needs desperately to change and accept the differences in the change of position of women throughout the world. End quote. <laughs> and there you have it. As it turns out, she did mean John Paul I, though. Even after br- only briefly digging into it, it turns out he wouldn't have overturned Humane Vitae, would have taken a more permissive tone on the issue. You know, like we've seen for 50 years anyway from our bishops. <laughs> but it's a moot point, since he only served for barely a month before passing away. But remember this, folks, that in this dark, these dark days we are still dealing with the threat of the modernists in the church, with the battle for the heart and soul of Catholicism. We may be in the early stages of the chastisement now, or maybe this is just a foreshadowing of things to come. I don't really know, but this should serve as a warning. Our opponents are not resting, and neither should we. They want to change the church. They battle for the ordination of women, a married clergy, a contracepting society, and a church that embraces the sterile culture of death that has at least partially led us to where society is now in this current crisis. But I'll say this much for her. She's being honest. She truly believes that the church must embrace faithless secularism and sterile relations in order to survive. What she might be truly alarmed by is that the average age of traditionalist parishes is about 20 years younger than the non-traditionalist parishes. In fact, while this isn't anecdotal, in my experience, the more secularized and sterile a parish is, the older the average age of its parishioners tend to be. Traditionalism is growing, and the call to return to tradition, so to speak, is one that many younger Catholics are flocking to. And if my math is wrong, at least in the U.S. and Western Europe, if traditionalists are having several kids and adopting a few more, and contracepting couples in the church are only having one or two children, then it's only a matter of time before the demographics don't work in the favor of the modernists. Unless, again, unless my math is wrong. So, in closing, I know what some of you are saying. Benedict is no real traditionalist. But remember, to the modernists looking at this situation, Benedict is the next best thing to Pope St. Pius X. I know that sounds ridiculous to most of us, but to them, Benedict is absolutely terrifying, and to be opposed at all costs... The sense of alarm was almost certainly fed into when Cardinal Sarah and Benedict co-wrote that book Defending the Celibate Priesthood, and if you have seen the Ignatius Press version of that book, it clearly has at- attributions to Benedict XVI on specific chapters, so yes, he co-wrote that book. I'm sure you remember the firestorm of controversy that happened when that book was announced, which seems like an eternity ago now. It's amazing what a civilization-wide crisis does to your perception of these things. Let me know what you think of this in the comments. Remember, they're not resting in the battle for the future of the Church, and we can't either. Anyway, thank you for listening and for your support of this channel. It is greatly appreciated, especially in these uncertain times. Please pray for the Church, and especially her leadership in these times of crisis. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.